Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. <laughs> I, um, I have to beg your forgiveness over the weekend. I had something come up on Friday morning that I wasn't able to do any recording. And uh, Friday afternoon, um, once again, I had I run errands on the afternoons on Friday all the time. So that was normal. And I'm never able to record Friday afternoon. So when Friday morning was shot, I just wasn't able to record at all. And yesterday we spent most of our time uh, running around from this person's house to that person's house. And uh, anytime I was in the car, I was in the car with my entire family, and we were going somewhere not very far away. So, uh, as usual, I, whenever there's a, a holiday and I've got family stuff going on, I just wasn't able to get in front of the microphone. And I, I should have posted. I don't know that I'm apologizing so much for missing two episodes as much as I'm sorry that I didn't post on the Telegram channel or let anybody know what was going on. And I should have done that, and I hope you forgive me for it. Uh, and uh, also forgive me for whatever happened on Thursday. I checked the uh, listens on it, and uh, it looks like something must have gone wrong with the audio or the loading, or or um, or I just just plumb lost the thread altogether because practically nobody tuned into that so something must have gone wrong uh whatever might have gone wrong with technology or whatnot if you notice anything wrong with the audio recording or anything like that uh do take the opportunity to write into me even just a quick little note to daily decade requests at protonmail.com our our normal email i only use one email for everything uh, and I've got a couple of different people keeping an eye on it. So just, uh, you know, if you see anything wrong with anything that we've loaded, uh, just go ahead and go on there and, and let me know. And that way I can go back and see if I can fix the recording, fix the upload, uh, anything. That I could do a bunch of different stuff in order to make it work. Um, or, you know, the episode could just be scrap and I just scrap it. Anyway, we're back to our normal schedule now. That the uh, holiday weekend is over. Uh, it was uh, yesterday. I hope all you, um, everybody, added an extra prayer to Saint Joseph the Worker. It being Labor Day, technically, Labor Day is the feast of Saint Joseph the Worker on the first of May, rather than this. But you know, any day that's set aside to celebrate workers and uh, and all, especially those that work with their hands, is an occasion to pray to Saint Joseph and uh, ask him to bless all of them. Uh, all of us who work uh, on a on a regular basis, uh, both for our living, for hobby, anyone who creates anything and imitates the Almighty in doing that, who brings order out of chaos. Uh, today I've got a prayer for a very hard-working man and uh, someone who uh, is has been a, a long-time listener uh, since we got this thing up and going over at our, as we've been syndicated over at Exodus Americanus, uh, and uh, he has a, a really rough time right now. He's got a couple of little ones to keep an eye on, and his wife is uh, sick with the uh, with the Chinese virus, and um, it's been pretty rough for him. I know what it's like to work with a wife who's sick. I remember when my wife had uh, mononucleosis, and I she was knocked out. It was after she had came home. She was home from the hospital for about a month with um, I forget which one of our kids it was but um, uh, 
uh, we had a new ba newborn baby and uh, and a couple, a couple of older kids, toddlers, running around, and she was just completely knocked out. And I had to work and take care of her, so I know exactly what he's going through. And it is rough. It is just tough to do. You've always got to put one thing down. For me, I gave up cooking because I can't cook anyway, so it, <laughs> it wasn't much to give up. But uh, you know, you always have to drop one of the balls you're juggling because you just get too many, too many in the hands at once. So I want to say a special prayer for him uh, and of course if you have a special intention I encourage you to write it in at the email address I mentioned earlier daily decade requests at protonmail.com that's decade d-e-c-a-d-e requests in the plural at protonmail.com and I will be delighted to pray for you and whatever your need is temporal or eternal small great serious whatever it happens to be now the other, oh, I have one more little announcement to do, and that is, today is the first day, and you'll see it on the Telegram channel, of the novena that we are doing. Now this is not something the Daily Decade is, uh, has come up with, this is something we found somebody else doing. If you listen to Return to Tradition at returntotradition.org, that's Anthony Stein, he's also on Anchor. Uh, he's got just an absolutely spectacular show. I was hoping to get him on today, but unfortunately, um, scheduling wouldn't allow it. Uh, but I wanted to talk to him about what he's doing. He has started a novena to the Sorrowful Heart of Mary, starting today and ending on the Feast of the Seven Sorrows, which is the 15th of September. So it's nine days ending on the 15th. And every day... Uh, there should be a mortification and uh, something giving up something, some kind of mortification of the flesh. Uh, and the seven sorrows, or what's commonly called the Servite Rosary, because it was the Servite order that instituted it, as opposed to the Dominican Rosary, which is the one that we pray. Uh, and that's just seven decades, in quotation marks, because they're not ten, it's seven decades of seven Aves each one reflecting on the on the sorrowful on the sorrow of the blessed virgin mary so one of the seven sorrows we've got all this posted i'm going to post every day the full rosary how to pray it uh we've got it going out at uh, every day i'm going to make try to get it out there at about six or six thirty a.m eastern time uh so that everybody can see it on there uh, and you can pray along with us and i really encourage you to do so the stated intention is for the good and holy priests who defend the tradition of the church and particularly those who are dedicated to saying the ancient mass uh, because uh, they're having a very rough go of it at the moment so we're praying for all of them now that's the novena that's the end of the housekeeping let's all turn our hearts and our minds to god and we're going to pray for h uh, and for his wife who's very ill and uh, for his children and today is a Tuesday, even though it feels like a Monday. It's a Tuesday, so we're going to pray in English. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <clears throat> Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, weeping and mourning from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O St. Gregory the Great, who against difficult odds, perhaps some would call insurmountable odds, did enact great works in the building of the church, and who is universally revered by Catholic and 
Protestant and Orthodox because of the great contributions that you made to the faith. We humbly beg thy intercession on behalf of this servant of God, H., and on behalf of his children. For you were so inspired by the innocence and beauty of European children, beholding them in, in, uh, in Rome, and sending forth thy servant, Augustine of Canterbury, to convert these English children and bring them and make them children of God. So behold the innocence and the goodness of this family, which now struggles in sickness, and strengthen the husband and father that he might do battle against those demons which shall attack him in this time of weakness, that he may have the fortitude and the strength to care for his family and take on all the responsibilities that, that have been placed upon him. And coming out the other side of this difficulty, that he and his wife and his children may be strengthened in physical health and in the faith. And we ask this in the name of he whom thou served, our Lord Jesus Christ, head of the Holy Church, who livest and reignest King of all on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and in union with the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in our daily struggles, our weaknesses beset by demons, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Since we're beginning a novena to the seven sorrows, it seemed appropriate to me that we should reflect a little bit on them and on what the novena is about. Uh, anybody who follows Father uh, Ripperger, or Ripperger, or however you pronounce his name, I still haven't established that. Uh, he is—he was formerly associated with the priestly fraternity of Saint Peter, which was a breakaway from the Society of Saint Pius X. No need to go into all of that history. But anyway, he has founded an order of traditional exorcists, which he calls the Dolores, or the uh, Brothers of the uh, Sorrowful Heart of Mary, the Dolores Heart of Mary. Mater Dolorosa is her title as Mother of Sorrows. And he has a couple of really great things. I uh, posted something on the Telegram, or I sent something to be posted on the Telegram, so hopefully it'll be posted by the time this show gets posted, uh, about that comes from his website about the Seven Sorrows devotion, or the Servite Rosary. The Servite Rosary developed or emerged uh, or was revealed I, the, the, the story of how uh, it came to be practiced is a little bit blurry. It's much more blurry than the revelation of the Holy Rosary by Our Lady to St. Dominic. That's a very clear story. We know what happened um, everything is spelled out. Uh, Blessed Alan uh, de la Roche 
uh, wrote all that stuff down for us so we know exactly what happened with St. Dominic. But the Servite Rosary is a little bit more, I don't want to say mysterious, but there's at least not as much written on how it came to be. But it emerged historically at about the same time as the Rosary was revealed to St. Dominic. And it probably had similar roots uh, to the prayer ropes that were already in use throughout Europe at that time. So when the Blessed Mother showed up to St. Dominic and handed him the beads, it would not have taken him by surprise. He would have been familiar with prayer ropes. He would have known what you do with these things. And she instructed him that this is a specific devotion. It is called the Rosary. It is this thing. And he would have known what she was taught. He had a frame of reference, in other words. And the Servite Rosary is so-called, I think, because it emerges largely at the same time as the Dominican Rosary that we think of as being the Rosary. The reality is, is that it's a chaplet dedicated to the Seven Sorrows of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Our Blessed Mother, in her role as Sorrowful Mother, is perhaps the most helpful of all of her titles it's in understanding what her role actually was and is. Uh, she's also known as the mother of consolation, uh, the mother of good counsel, and all of these things are tied to her role as mother of sorrows. Being sinless, which we, we believe that she was, even the Orthodox believe that, it's just an argument over how she came to be sinless, uh, but being sinless there is no natural or inborn empathy for the sinner in her because she cannot empathize with the sinner. She's never been a sinner. Her sufferings are what permit her to perfectly uh, to have perfect compassion for all of us sinners. And with that compassion to bring her intercessions on our behalf before the throne of God, who is perfectly compassionate uh, on and perfectly merciful on all those who show true repentance and true contrition. And thus she, she is the mother of consolation because she is the mother of sorrows. And so it's sort of a, almost a foundational title. And, even though it wasn't one of the first ones that she was referred to as, even though it wasn't one of the, the titles that she would have been known by the apostles necessarily as, it is nevertheless a devotion that's sort of at the foundation of everything that she is, and her entire role in really all Orthodox, with a little o, Christianity. This, this idea of her as the mother of sorrows helps us to best understand the role that she's supposed to play in our own lives. You know, you, when a child is, is hurt, they, they go to their mother. In fact, the most common last words of a soldier on the battlefield when he is dying is mother. There is a unique bond that exists between a mother, a uniquely compassionate bond that exists between mother and child that even fathers do not have with their children. I, I say this not just because I've read about it, but because I've observed it myself. My wife and, and our children have a bond, a unique relationship that I could never have with them. 
I know they have a unique relationship with me too because I'm their father, but as their sire and as their father, even then I don't quite have the same connection. It's a, it's a sort of unspoken thing, almost indescribable, really. And anyone who is anyone who's listening to this who is married has seen this. And I mean, perhaps you have the same feeling about your own mother. And you know, We live in a time now where uh, children and their mothers, the efforts on the part of the, of the demonic to break that bond, to shatter it and destroy it, is at the heart of most of the evils that exist in the world today. It's part of the reason why abortion becomes such a political hang-up. I know there's a lot of people that talk about it like it's a... And I understand why they say this, too, that it's, it's sort of a flytrap. Uh, it's something to, to keep people on the reservation politically. Um, it's a perennial thing that allows one side of the uh, of the this false political spectrum to throw a bone to people to keep them invested in what is in essence an evil system, uh, even though they're trying to do good. Uh, and, and yes, that is true. It is one of those sorts of things. It is something of a political football that in the way that it's used. But the reason why people feel so passionately about it is not because it's a political football that's very effective. It's because there's something uniquely evil about it. The breaking of bond between mother and child, when the child is at his or her most vulnerable, is an evil so deep, so perverse, so disruptive to our intended nature as God created us that it cannot come from man. It is something that is so evil that it can only come from and serve the devil in even a ritual way. The, the murder of innocence is always a blood ritual. It is never merely a medical procedure. It is never merely a human practice. It is always, even without the ritualism around it, it is always an act which is in service to Satan in one of, under one of his many forms and many titles. And it is because of the way it disrupts the nature a unique evil in our own time and one to which we owe I think probably most of the e other evils that we experience because when you disrupt the supernatural level balance of humanity and of human beings you throw all of creation into disarray that w that's what happened at the fall. All of creation was thrown into disarray. It's why there's violence and bloodshed and death and disease and cancer. All of that is it owes to the presence of sin. And sin can be amplified or it can be dulled through the way that we live. And right now, the group of people who were the beacon of Christianity to the world who brought Christianity to the world have now devolved to such a state where we are permitting the most heinous act of disruption 
of mother and child, not just in the not just in infanticide, not just uh, I'm, I'm I'm it's beyond that too. We have women who are abusing their children, dressing up their boys as girls, uh, committing horrendous acts of of uh, castration and mutilation of their children, uh, all sorts of horrendous, horrendous things to which the mothers are, in, in which the mothers are the key participants. We have built a society in which the maternal relationship, which Our Lady models, as particularly as a mother of sorrows, instead of consoling their children, the mothers of our society, and this is not true of all mothers, obviously, but we have permitted a situation where we tolerate the existence of mothers who, instead of consoling their children in their sorrows, multiply and magnify those sorrows and add to them and make their children suffer for their own selfish desires and needs. That's the perversity of our age and our people. And there's no better person to appeal to for intercession in defense of our people, even in the midst of all of this evil, than our Blessed Mother. Because she sees the sorrows of these children. She sees the sorrows of these boys forced to dress as girls and being given injections of chemicals and poisons. She sees all of these children muzzled on their way to school over social conformity on the part of their mothers. She sees all of these children murdered when they're, when they're about to be born or long before they can be born. And she sees all of that suffering and she is there as a consoling mother to those children whose mothers have done the opposite of console them. And all of us as well, all of our suffering, regardless of how good or how bad our own mothers are. And I'm, I'm sure that there's plenty of people listening to this who have angelic mothers. Well, it, it's, uh, it, you, you, there's plenty of uh, women out there who I've encountered who are just the model of motherhood. So it's, it's not all black pill. There, there are, and in fact, I think that the goodness is amplified by how bad the society as a whole, the culture as a whole, has become. And our mother is there to remind us of that, our mother Mary. And to console us when we look at the world and we see nothing but despair and evil and wickedness and the betrayal of everything that we were given to do by Almighty God, both individually and as a people. I mean, we're, we're, we're sitting here, every single one of us probably has a crusader in our, in our background. Some of us have Spanish conquistadors. You know, our ancestors were given unique charges by Almighty God in their historical circumstances to do great things and bring him to people who never had access to him. We were intended to be a light to the nations. And just like the other group of people that were intended to be the light of nations, we threw it all away under their influence in a lot of cases. 
we are not beyond saving. The world is not beyond saving. And things are not hopeless so long as we have the consolation of our mother who understands our sorrows because she experienced deeper sorrows yet at the foot of the cross. That's the meaning of the seven sorrows of the Blessed Virgin Mary as they relate to us in our current circumstances. And so we can pray with confidence to our Blessed Mother that she should intercede for us before the throne of her Son and Almighty God who chose her to be the mother of the Son of God that she should console us in our sorrows and teach us by her sorrows what the meaning of all this suffering is that we might draw ourselves and all those around us closer to her son our Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost Amen